Hello and welcome to the New Begins Discipleship Ministries podcast. Here we share the word of God for the people of God to understand that they are born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. Our desire is for everyone to not just know what that purpose is, but to be able to live it out. We believe we are designed to live out a kingdom lifestyle that aligns to the kingdom of God and the word of God. Now go ahead and grab something to write with. Make some room wherever you are at and prepare your heart, mind, and soul for another amazing word from God. Here we go. To those that are joining us online, God bless you. We're so glad that you are joining us on today. If you're wondering if we act like this every Sunday, the answer is yes. We simply believe here at New Beginning Discipleship Ministries, one, that we're born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose, as well as just believing in following what God is instructing us to do. If God said it could be done, that's what we're trying to do in Jesus' name with all things that's there before us. To everyone in person, y'all good? I'm glad to see your lovely faces on today. All I can tell you is that there's so much that God is filling me up with right now. And so, Apostle, I now get that part where you're like, I have so much to say, but I got to say what God tells me to say. Now, I'm going to warn you. If y'all pull on me and we go a different direction, y'all doing it, not me, all right? I'm just saying. I, I now understand that part of I can go multiple ways, which way you want me to go, God. And so if y'all pull on me, I'm going to go a certain way. So if I say I don't know where it's coming from, that means one of y'all are pulling on me to tell God to tell me to go this way in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're wondering, it already, already has happened once on today. Because I have one set of mind, I'm going to go this way. And then as you'll learn with Apostle, for those who, who are new, Apostle has a thing called a purification room. For me, it's not the purification room. It is the purification shower. All of a sudden, God wants to talk, and he just flipped everything, and I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing, God. So so we're going to go the way God has us to go in today. So Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It reads, now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go into the village opposite you. And immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt. And a fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. That is what Pastor Kamikos was referring to just a few minutes ago. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitudes said, This is Jesus, the prophet 
from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, if you will roll me on today, if you know me, I'm going to kind of remix this just a little bit. So follow along. I promise you I'm going to come back to this main scripture and main text. But on today, what God wants me to address is a simple question. Why celebrate Passover? Why celebrate Passover? Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you for all that you allow to transpire on today. We are so grateful to be in your presence and to be able to feel your glory upon us. Now, God, we pray, Father God, that you allow for the words that will be shared at this time to be able to pierce your people's heart, to plant seeds that are necessary for them to see the fruit of the Spirit manifest within their very lives, to be able to apply it quickly and swiftly in the arena that you place them in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that questions will be answered. We pray, Father God, that lives will be changed forevermore. And we pray, Father God, that the posterity will be covered in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, have your way on today. Cover me right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I decrease so you can increase evermore. And we give you the glory and the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, last week, we spent some time sharing different and multiple testimonies of what God had done in our lives. We activated Revelation 12 and 11 that tells us that we are able to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. We heard the accounts of self-realization, declarations in the face of health challenges, being steadfast in the path he has set us on, the rewards of being consistent in God, and what a meal and prayer can do with someone who just needs to know someone cares about them through the testimony shared by Street Kings on last week. Amen. Now, and today I want to kind of stay in the same vein. It's going to sound like a part two, a part three. Is that all right? Am I able to do that on today? Is that okay? We're good? We're good? Amen. So hopefully at this point you are fully aware that today is Palm Sunday. As Pastor Kamika has mentioned, it is a day in which we recognize and acknowledge that the king was entering to the city of Jerusalem and the reaction of the multitude as they cut down the branches and, and the palms and laid them before his feet and the, the feet of the animals he was walking upon to enter into the city of Jerusalem. Now, another part of this is that that happened prior to the Passover feast commencing. Prior to him turning things over in the marketplace, checking or readdressing the religious leaders of the time, performing miracles and downright displaying the kingdom of God in a region that had taken it for granted. We recognize Palm Sunday as according to Matthew 21, 1 through 11, which I just read. But we have to recognize that this is Jesus Christ fulfilling prophecy, that the Savior, that the King would ride in a certain way which is how the people recognized and potentially started to act the way they did because he was fulfilling prophecy. And we saw the people, how they usher him in with gladness and joy and hope and shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now, what I find very interesting when I read Matthew 21, 1 through 11, I think about tying it to Passover, there's a little bit of conflict that I had with God. And I'm like, God, this doesn't make sense to me. And the reason why you're looking like, well, Pastor Osi, what are you trying to say? Like, I don't get why there would be confusion. I mean, you the man, you get this. Why are you complex? It's because Matthew 21 highlights the interest of a king. Yes. But Passover is about the exiting of people. 
So how do I celebrate the entrance of a king when the feast is talking about the exiting of his people? Because a king rules over territory, a dominion, but a king also have individual within that place to be able to assist with the work. So I'm a bit confused when we start talking about celebrating a king going into a territory, but we're also attaching it to a feast that talks about people leaving another king. Okay, so once again, this Feast of Passover, as we continue to break down, is going to talk about and center upon the events that happened back in the Old Testament of the children of Israel being freed from Egyptian slavery. I'm going to say it again because I need you to hear what they were free from. The children of Israel being free from Egyptian slavery. Okay. So once again, why should we celebrate Passover if we're in the New Testament? We know Jesus Christ comes in. We know Jesus Christ flipped things over. We understand that the, he has the, the death, burial, and resurrection. Why is Passover even a part of the story and the character that exists beyond the Last Supper that we see um, image or picturized in a certain way. Well, this is where God wants us to break it down on today because we have to deal with some of the mindsets of people saying that the things of the Old Testament does not connect to the New Testament. But I've already showed you one in Matthew 21 that Jesus Christ came to fulfill prophecy. So one reason why we should celebrate Passover is that it is a training opportunity to perform prepare for our own exit according to God's instructions. I'm going to say it again to make sure you get this written down for my note takers. Okay? It is because it is a training opportunity to prepare us for our own exit by using God's instructions. Okay? Here we go. Here we go. So if we begin to read Exodus 4 through 11, I'm not going to read it all right now. Go get your app. Use the voice. Read it for yourself. Find it. Okay. It's very long, but it's very powerful. What we will see is the 10 plagues that comes up upon Egypt that was sent by God with the purpose to free the children of Israel. You'll see multiple accounts, or we will see multiple accounts of Moses, Pharaoh, Aaron, and Pharaoh's magicians in the midst of all these accounts. We'll see multiple times where Moses had to go up to Pharaoh, who is a king, and tell him what God said was going to happen. And this is a God that Pharaoh didn't even recognize or acknowledge. Even to the point where Moses had to tell him, if you don't let God's people go into the wilderness to serve him, he's going to do these things. Multiple, multiple times. But you know, as I keep saying, you see Moses... Pharaoh, Aaron, and Pharaoh's magicians. You know who you don't hear me say right now? The children of Israel. What were they doing in the midst of the ten plagues being administered? Never thought about that, did you? Hmm, yeah, that's, I told you, I'm going to, trust me, I'm going to connect to Matthew 21 in a moment. But remember, Passover is about the freedom of God's children out of Egypt. But in the accounts, you don't hear about the children of Israel. The main players are Moses, Pharaoh, Aaron, and Pharaoh's magicians. 
Well, the reason why that's the case is because in the midst of all of the plagues happening, particularly the first nine, what we notice is that God was using it as an opportunity to show the children of Israel that I will cover you and protect you upon various things that will hit other nations, even nations that you live in the midst of. So all you have to do is watch and see what I do. Because we have to remember, the children of Israel at this point, this is after Joseph did his part when you go to the end of Genesis. This is, after, this is the second Pharaoh that has enslaved the children of Israel. So we're at a point where we have a group of people and we have a Pharaoh who is distant from what God has shown himself within Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So there's a point in time in which these children of Israel was in slavery, being persecuted. Yes, even though they were persecuted, they, got, they grew in, in numbers. Yes, that happened. Yes, they were able to overcome and do very things. Yes, that happened. But they were still enslaved. And it wasn't until the end of Exodus chapter 2, about verse 23 to 25, that they finally cried out to our God to say, will you help us? And if you do some research, theologians will say, why it took them so long to, to ask for our God for help? Because they was asking for the guys of the country. For support. That's right. So they finally got to the point where they came to our God. He go ahead. He activate Moses through all the things and sends him out. But after that, Moses came and told the children of Israel, this is what's going to happen. We're going to be free. I'm going to, this is my, this is my interpretation. Now scripture. I'm going to go holler at Pharaoh real quick. I'm going to take my man Aaron with me. We're going to go ahead and get this straight now. Stay tight here and watch what God's going to do. And for nine plagues, that's what they did. And they sat there and watched God do the work because God needed the opportunity for the children of Israel to see which God they just activated. They needed to see with their own eyes what he was able and capable to do because he did it through Moses and through Aaron. Moses and Aaron was just a conduit and the agent of change that God used to be able to answer the prayer the children of Israel cried out to God for so in the midst of this, it wasn't until you, we get to Exodus 11 that we all of a sudden start to see the children of Israel begin to be part of this. Now, this is how cold our God is if you have not realized yet. When you read Exodus 11 and you start at verse number 1, what we see is that God is telling Moses that Pharaoh's about to finally let the people go. Why this is very important that in the midst of the other um, plagues and the other encounters, God kept telling Moses... Go tell Pharaoh, let people go. He ain't going to do it. I'm going to harden his heart. Well, put it to the side. But this is the first time now God told Moses, when you say this last one, my boy, he's finally going to let y'all go. And I don't know about you, but if you've been through a moment with God where he sends you to do something over and over and over again, when the original assignment says you're going to go and free these people, but in the midst of it, he's saying it's not time yet. It's not time yet. It's not time yet. It's not time yet. Then he says it's time yet. You're ready to run out the door. So verse 1, it says, and the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. In other words, he's not going to let you go. He's going to say, get out. Like, he's going to really want you out of his face. But then when you hear, look to verse 2, it says, 
Speak now in the hearing of the people, the children of Israel, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptian. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. If you missed it, God activated favor within the people before they were about to go and leave. No, I have not said the word Passover yet. That's for a reason. But before he launched them out, he gave them favor to have things that would be needed in the midst of the wilderness. But that was not enough for God. He wanted to leave no doubt in anyone's mind about what was happening. So he gives the children of Israel instructions on how to commemorate the freedom before it even happens. I don't know about you, but when God gets to the point where he says, I'm going to give you freedom, shout before you even get there. This is how we praise in advance before something happens. Because all we heard was God said it's going to happen before it manifests for our very eyes. Send the word. Beirut was not the only person who ever called his own shot before it happened. You know how cold you must be to plan the celebration of the victory and freedom before it happens. But that is the level of faith God is looking for us to have. He wants us to celebrate and live the life he has promised us before it happens so it will become normal to us. We have to think as a kingdom citizen. We must live a freedom lifestyle. We must make up in our minds what is going to be and not allow things to run freely in our minds like they own the place. No more, says the Lord. We must implement what uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6 says, which says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled we're training here it's a training opportunity so God told them in the midst of this because now he's activated the people he said tell the people go get a a blemishless lamb and kill him use the blood to mark the doorposts on your house where you will consume the, the lamb prepare a meal according to his words but that you should also be ready to go. Let me back up a moment. When we come together on Thursday and, and we go through the Seder meal, we're going to go deeper into that portion I just read. So I'm purposely not stressing that right now because we have a whole teaching for that. But I do want to stress that in the midst of killing the lamb, preparing the meal, doing all those things, he told them how to dress for the meal. He told them to be ready to go. Exodus 12 and 11 says, and thus you shall eat with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, not in your hand, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Think about how many things I've already articulated and God showed in scripture before we even got to the word Passover. He's already declared the victory. He's already said you're going to be free. He already provided you the tools so that when it happens, you're ready to go. And he gave the children of Israel the instructions on getting some food into your belly before you walk out this door. How many times have we missed God preparing us for the next season or for the next era or for the next assignment or for the next day that we did not do it in God's instructions, in God's way and in God's manner. See, 
God is a God of provision. But what you have to remember about the word pro is that it means free, which means I'm going to give it to you before you need it. I'm going because he already sees it before we do. He already wrote a book about our lives before he dispatched us. So he knows when the checkpoints will happen in our lives that we need those things activated to get the nourishment so we're able to launch forward into the destiny he has promised to us. But it's us who miss what God's instructions are. It is us who miss the timing that he has for us. It is us that has to have an attitude adjustment. Now, we have to be ready at all times. For the Bible, school, Bible study crew, this is why we always start with the same scripture. Every single time. First Peter 3 and 15. And the Amplified says, but in your heart set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging him, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confidence assurance elicited by faith that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. You don't got to get ready if you stay ready. 2 Timothy 4 and 2 says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exult, and with all longsuffering in teaching. So in the midst of this, a reason to celebrate Passover is that it is a training opportunity to be prepared for the exit that God has for us according to his instructions. And the main part of that is that we have to be ready to move. Say, I'm ready to move. Okay, now say it like you actually are like about to really leave something that is like annoying you and that God told you to separate from and that's not going to hold you back. So say, I'm ready to move. Now, in the midst of this, what we also have to remember is that we cannot forget what God did nor limit what God can do. That's another reason for us to celebrate the Passover. So if you were to go further into the book of Exodus, what you will find is moments where the children of Israel continue to complain to Moses and talk about wanting to go back to what was familiar, comfortable, predictable, and recognizable instead of moving forward with God into the wilderness towards the land promised to their forefathers. This is after the Red Sea. This is after Pharaoh died. But the reason why it's so hard, if I may go a little bit further, is you have to realize for the children of Israel, Egypt, for some of them, was home. Never thought about that, did you? Some people were born in Egypt. It is their home address. Bring in terms to us, it is where they have to go to get their birth certificate. If I ever want a birth certificate, I have to contact Austin, Texas, which is the capital of Texas. That's what I have to do. If Mika ever wants a birth certificate, she has to contact um, Columbus, Ohio. She has to go to the capital. For the children of Israel, for some, Egypt was home. This is all I know. This is all I've understood. This is all I've been built to do. This is all that I've structured. And this is the Egyptian mentality that God was going to use the wilderness to strip off of them. Because I stayed off by saying that Passover marks when the children of Israel was free from the Egyptian territory. I didn't say anything about the mentality. That was stage two. We're sticking with stage one, stage one for the Passover. We'll keep going. Okay, I've Bible study. So, <laughs> so the thing about it is for, for them it being home, 
it's very hard for them to separate that. And what ended up happening for them is that the longing for home started to override what they saw God do in the home. It overrid the whole reason they prayed to God back in Exodus 2, 23 to 25. It overrid the um, E word. The emotion started to override and take over. Not what they were hearing in the spirit through Moses that God was giving Moses. So in the midst of it, we cannot afford in this season to forget what God has done. Let me break it down to like this. We will always and never forget the day we were free from the umbilical cord. We will always be able to celebrate the moment we were free from going to school. That's high school graduation. We will remember the day that we got out of the abusive relationship. We will remember the day we became financially free. We will remember the day that we left and cleft, which means marriage. And, but we are quick to forget the day we were free from the bondage of sin, from the misunderstanding of who the true, uh, one true king is, from the undefeated king, from the one who has designed, mold, shape, and purposed us according to Jeremiah 1, 5 through 10, also Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, there you go, and Angie, the, the, the one who we were made in the image and likeness of according to Genesis 1, 26 through 27, we can no longer allow that to happen. We must tell the full story. We must remember the day that we were free. It's not trying to remember and mourn. It is a moment to celebrate when we understood who God was, that we were free from bondage, that we were free from the chain. It is a moment to celebrate. I don't know who else does not celebrate when they get free. Kamika has a wonderful story that one of the uh, generational things that the family did is they was easier for them to celebrate when someone got free from jail than someone graduating high school. That made more sense to them to celebrate when someone got free from the clink, when someone got out of the pen, than celebrating someone who graduated. But for some of us, it's because we're so used to having the chain on us, we don't even think freedom is even possible. We're comfortable with the chain around our wrist. We're comfortable with the hooks in our back. We're comfortable with saying this is all we can do. When God is saying, you're asking me to take the limit off, how about you take the limit off of yourself? How about you recognize what you need to do? How about you acknowledge that it is you who put it there and I ain't touching what you did? So we cannot forget when God freed us, but we also cannot use that as a limit of what God can only do. Let's break it down. See, the children of Israel only saw God as Savior. Because they acknowledged you freed us. Thank you, God, you freed us. Yay. But that lordship piece, they kind of struggled with. And if we're honest with ourselves, so do we. We struggle seeing God as Lord. We struggle saying, I got to come back to you after you freed me. Oh, why did I come to you after you freed me? It's because we only think of people who free us that it was a bad thing. We don't have a natural understanding that when someone takes the time to free you, they see beyond just the chains that you have on. Like, it wasn't because you have chains that they freed you. It was that they understood what you could do when the chains are removed. 
is the reason why they freed you. Oh, okay, I'm going to just talk to myself right now. See, the thing is, is when, when someone does something for you, it's because they saw it as an investment in what you're about to do. And that if I can do this one thing and help you in this one thing, if I can put you in the position and be in the room with this one person, that all of a sudden you're going to carry the rest. And if I, can do, if I can play my part, then this is what's going to happen. And with God, what he says is, I'm not going to hand you off to another person. If I freed you, that means you are my child. Therefore, I'm going to stay with you. And that's where the scriptures say that he will stay closer than a brother. He's going to be the one that's going to walk with you, that's going to guide you through all of it. That's how we can lean on the word that says, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Why? Because I freed you and now I'm invested in what you got to do. I'm invested in what path you take. That's what God is saying is when, I, when you're freed, that means you're free to do now what I birthed you to do. But for us, we're so quick to say, okay, God, thank you. Do, 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 do. Instead of staying on the path that he has us in. That's why the recidivism rate in the prison system is so high because there's nothing to build them up afterwards once they're free physically to change them to be free mentally to be able to stand tall in the very arena that they're supposed to go in to be able to, going back to last week, share the testimony fully. So for us, how does that work? Number one, we have to make sure that when we talk about not limiting what God is doing, that we are honest about the scars that we are carrying. And we're honest about how things are. Let me put it in a food analogy. If you've ever had some banana pudding and you saw it in the whole glass, right? Now, real banana pudding, I'm gonna get, y'all gonna get mad at me in a moment, I don't care. Um, South, there's no southern piece here. See, you have that, that banana filling, then you have the wafer, the real wafers, not the fake wafers. But then you have, yeah, yeah, the, the dough, right? Then you have another filling, another layer of wafers. Another one, bananas. You got to put bananas in too. But so you have the filling, wafers, bananas. Filling, wafer, banana. Yeah. Right, layers, right? So if you just hit that top layer, you didn't get the full banana pudding. You settled for the top. You settled for the part that's getting hit by the sun. You settle for the part that's easy to dry out. See, in the banana pudding, you have to go down deep to get the part that's been soaking that carries, watch this, the weight of everything else that was able to take in all that it lost because if it dries out, it's coming down. So I want the part that has the most juice. I want the part that has the most flavor. I want the part that, watch this, went in first. Not what went in last. How does it connect to limiting God? We are so quick to take the top level blessing from God. We don't go down to the basement. I don't want just the top tier level of God. I want the basement blessings. I want the blessings at the foundation. I want the blessings he put in first. I want to dig deep and get the true wishes and the things that God has said. I want to get those blessings that no one has tapped into in my family lineage because no one had the perseverance and the tenacity to go deep, deep, deep until we get the things because the thing is, God says, when you're trying to attack a generational curse, he wants to cut the root of the thing. But we can no longer limit God and say he can only do 
one thing and not another. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in worketh in us. So take the limit off of yourself. Take the limit off of God. Take the limit off of all of it. Take the limit. And also, here's another thing. Take the blinders off. For so long, some of us, we've had this tunnel vision saying, I'm only going to focus in this one area. And that's good for a season to build up discipline. But God is saying that you are strong enough, you are big and bad enough to have the blinders moved off and to handle the things that's, looking, that's around you. That will not take your eyes off of what I have for you. Yes. Matter of fact, you're strong enough to where now you're able to identify pitfalls that will try to knock you out because it's no longer about you, my dear. <laughs> it's about those who are following you. And the thing about it with Moses, he understood. I have to follow the cloud by day and the fire by night because I got a whole tribe that's following right behind me. I'm sorry, not tribe. Tribes that's following behind me to see what's going to happen. Okay, well, keep going. Third reason why we should celebrate the Passover, because God told us to. God told us to. Can you prove it in the scripture, Pastor O.C.? I can. Exodus 12 and 14, it says, So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Exodus 23, 14 through 17 says, Three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. You shall eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded you at the time appointed in the month of Abib, for in it you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty. So that feast is the Passover. Okay? That's what it goes with. It's Pesach. So that one goes there. What's the other two? We'll, I'm going to say it now. We'll teach about it when it gets there. Um, verse 16, and the feast of harvest, the first fruit of your labors, which you have sown in the fields, in the feast of gathering at the end of the year when you have gathered in the fruit of your labors from the field. Three times in the year, all your males shall appear before the Lord God. We must understand in the midst of this that we have to be able to obey God. Yeah. And celebrating the Passover is the moment in which we see a lot of God's people obeying him. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of potentially being killed, in the midst of all of it, as Pastor Kamika mentioned, Moses had to say yes beyond everything. And what he realized, I believe it's Exodus 4, he realized that when he finally said yes to take on this, what he deemed a suicide assignment, that God said, oh, all the people who want to kill you, oh, they're dead and gone. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Okay, let me help you out here. See, Moses didn't want to go back to Egypt because there was a death warrant out for him. Because when he was growing up, he killed a man. And then he fleed. He ran. Yeah, he, he ran. Got married, all that stuff, chilled in the mountain, got him a sweet wife, all that stuff. And then God coming in a burning bush talking about, go back to the land that you committed murder. Go back there, go back there and face your path. And Moses, like any of us, be like, I ain't going back. That's why I ran the first time. I ain't going back. I don't know if it's clear. I don't know. See, when you read the rest of Exodus 3, it's a bunch of Moses asking God questions. What if this happened? What if this happened? What if this happened? What if this happened? I can't talk. I can't speak. I can't move. Like, it's a bunch of I can'ts. But in Exodus 4, when he finally says, yes, I'm going to do this, God finally told him, oh, all the people are going to kill you, oh, they're dead. So the thing you were afraid to do or the thing you were afraid to face in your past, God already eradicated. He waiting for you just to say yes. 
Okay, we'll keep rolling. So, in the midst of obedience for us, we have to recognize that God has already canceled things. It is us who have to walk by faith and not by sight to see that God did it, to have a testimony, to share that just because I said yes, just because I submitted to his will, just because I'm doing what he told me to do, he's already answered our unspoken prayer that I was concerned about, that I didn't want to say out loud because I didn't want to face the man in the mirror. When in fact, the man in the mirror is a different person than who it was the first time. So for us recognizing and celebrating Passover, we do it because God told us to, and we know that obedience is much more than any sacrifice we can provide unto him. And we have to continue to make this decision in our beings to show who we're going to serve. Last week, I illuminated Joshua 24 and 15. And we have to understand in Exodus, there's multiple times where there were people who tried to serve other gods, but it was not the God that saved them. And we have to recognize that we always have a choice of who we're going to serve and even how we're going to serve them. And so for us, when we observe the feast, and which is a mandate for us to observe, recognize that we are to not come empty. Now, I'm not saying, go kill a lamb. I'm not saying that. Like, breathe. <laughs> breathe. I'm not saying that. Okay? But it doesn't cancel. We have to bring something. So, what can we bring to God? Bring him yourself. Bring him you. We'll talk more about this in the Seder meal on Thursday, but bring him you. Bring something to the table. Bring your family to the table. Bring your crew to the table. Bring a heart that is prepared for movement. Bring, and bring, don't bring it just like, oh, I'm going to come and be obedient. <laughs> bring it with cheerfulness. Bring it with joy and gladness. Amen. And, if God, and, do, and the thing about it is, because I know in the past people have used to say, well, you have to bring a, um, a feast offering. It has to be this certain amount. Go ask God what you to bring as a feast offering. Yeah. Because it's not about the amount. It's about your obedience Amen. and attention to his word. If he says, I need you to, as a feast offering, bring $25, you better bring it with a song in your heart. You better bring it with joy and gladness because you're being obedient to God. Whatever it may be, if God says, you know what, you've done it, I'm going to bring yourself. Bring yourself here. We will pull up a chair, a table, set up a plate for you because it's about you obeying what God told you to do. Because understand, if you do that, then there are blessings that are activated. There's protections that occur over your finances. There's protection over your health that's going to be activated. There are coverings that's, that's going to occur. How can we prove that? Once again, Moses, Pharaoh, Aaron, Pharaoh's magicians. The children of Israel was covered through all of the plagues. It wasn't until the 10th one that he told them to do something as an act to be able to show that they're obedient to what God has done up to that point so that they can be marked and identified so the angel of death would not visit their home and kill their firstborn, which is a sign of legacy within the culture. So the last one I have for why we should celebrate the Passover. Because our elder brother Jesus did. Remember the whole like Matthew 21, I read like, 30 minutes ago? Yeah, that part. That part, right? Jesus was coming once again to fulfill a prophecy, but because in the culture, that's what you do. He was following the directions of what God gave him to do, what needed to be done. He understood he was filling the prophecy from the prophet, but more than anything, he wanted to align himself to what God told him to do. 
And for us, when it talks about all the things we're going to do, obedience to what God says, understanding that everything leading up to is preparation, and, and just understanding that it is a moment to celebrate is so powerful. Even though Jesus Christ knew that he was going to be sacrificed. And yes, this is before he went into the garden and was like, are you sure, Dad? With the cup. Like, if this ain't you, you can take this cup. I'm okay. But he still said, I'm going to do it. So how does that apply to us right now when we talk about our elder brother Jesus Christ doing it? John 5, 19 to 20, it says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most surely I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Our elder brother Jesus Christ paved the way for us and showed us how to do this. And if during his time he still needed to observe the Passover to present himself to be able to be sacrificed for the death, burial, and resurrection, if he still ensured that his crew, because mind you, when he's coming in, he got the 12 disciples with him. He got his homeboys with him to be able to observe the Passover when he could have easily said, nah, we ain't going, but he knew he needed to go after three and a half years of ministry. If it's Jesus who know that if, if I do this, I got to stay true to God's, I got to stay true to my dad's word so that I leave no, nothing to chance and I leave no doubt when people read what I've done, then what makes us any different right now? If we're saying that we are Christ's followers, we're all sons through adoption. Gender doesn't matter. We're all sons. So we can see the Passover once again as a moment of when there's freedom at the table and Jesus Christ was going to have God's people be freed. Because he recognized the shedding of my blood removes the sin, which means then God, our daddy can see you again. You're able to, be, you're able to hear him once again like you never did before. You're able to walk into the authority that he's giving you. And this time, I'm leaving a crew to be able to be the leaders to start the work that's necessary. Well, let me help you out here, people of God. We're the ones here sent to be able to lead others, to understand there is a king, there is a God who is undefeated. There is a God who's able to do anything but fail. There is a God who loved them before they made any decisions of what will happen in their life. There is a God who's given people a purpose to be able to be fulfilled within this land. There is a God who saw value in them, who still sees value in them, who wants to see the value manifest himself before their very eyes. And so even though we use Passover to celebrate our freedom, we also use the Passover to celebrate the freedom of others that will come. Because we're not just settled with our own freedom. We're looking for our families to be free. We're looking for our friends to be free. We're looking for the generation to be free. We're looking for laws to change so our people can be free. We're looking for different things to happen so people can be free. Because it's no longer just about us. It's about us being and adding into the kingdom of God. Not just taking away from it freely and not recognizing that if we're calling ourselves ambassadors, then we're the ones that have to stand steadfast to be able to share the very testimony that God has given us to be able to give clear instructions on what we're doing, why we're doing it, how to do it. And then here's the part we miss, Rhonda. We sometimes don't open the door and invite other people in. 
We'll tell people what should happen, but never walk with them. We'll tell people what should occur, but we never take time out of our our schedule to invest time in people when God had to do that for us. So why do we celebrate Passover? Because it's a celebration. It's a moment to celebrate freedom. It's a moment to look back and see what God has done. It's a moment to see that whatever has tried to bound us over this last year is a falsity. It can't, as long as we don't allow it. So we celebrate Passover because it's a freedom moment. That time for us to celebrate in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Give God some praise on today. Amen. So like I said, you heard me say it multiple times throughout the sermon. And that is that we will talk more about this during the Seder meal. There's so much meat there. As well, there'll be so much meat at the Seder meal <laughs> that um, you, you, you need time to process it. You need time to read it for yourself, to walk through it. And here's the thing I will also say. Do not be afraid to ask questions. Please ask the questions. Look for that clarity. And all you're getting, get understanding. So please as we send things out about the state of the mail, as we um, set up everything up, and even when we go through it at the end, if you're like, I don't understand this, that, and the third, please ask questions. Because there's so much value in the midst of it. And we don't want it to be a barrier to stop you from celebrating the very freedom that God has granted you. So on today, as you stand to your feet, we're going to open the altar at this time for any prayer requests. If you desire to rededicate your life to Christ, um, if you're like, you talk about this freedom, Pastor O, and that's cool. I don't know what this is all about, but can you please, can, can we talk more about it? I, I want it, but I don't understand it fully. But I at least want to give it a try. We open the altar for that purpose as well. Um, uh, I am aware that there are some prayer requests that hit the chat. We are going to lift them up. We're going to hand them to our KIP team to lift them up in Jesus' name. If there's any other prayer requests, please use the link that you'll see at the end or drop them into the chat box. We want to be able to touch and agree with you. So you are not alone. I bind up the isolation spirit in the name of Jesus. You are not alone. You are not. Your blessings are not barren. They shall break through in time in Jesus' name. Grief must end and it's appointed time peace will be your portion in jesus name so okay (laughs) okay so in jesus name father god in the name of jesus lord we thank you and praise you for all that you're allowed to transfer on today father god we thank you lord for you being the constant in our lives and we thank you father god that we have this day as Palm Sunday and even Passover that will occur throughout this week as an opportunity to celebrate the freedom that you have provided to us in the name of Jesus. Lord, we truly thank you and glorify your name for who you are, Father God. We reverence you, Father God, in all the things that we transpire. We even thank you, Father God, for the small victories that we've obtained through you, Father God. We celebrate the, the big victories as well in the name of Jesus. And Father God, we even thank you for the rebukes that you give us because you are designed for us to stay on the path you have instructed us to be in, Father God. Your word says there's no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus and that you chastise those that you love. So we thank you, Father God, that you love us, Father God, that you want us to fulfill the 
purpose you've given us, that you want to see your reflection in our lives, Father God. So, Father God, as we leave this place, but not your presence, allow for your word to continue to ruminate inside of us, to turn it over for us to get all that is there, and even for us to seek out the word for ourselves so that we can have full understanding and know exactly how you want us to apply this word within our lives, Father God. Give us the space even to teach our young ones about the Passover at this age so they can recognize and understand that they are free even at the age they are now in the name of Jesus and that now they too can be able to live a freedom lifestyle and a kingdom lifestyle in the name of Jesus. Father God, cover us throughout this week. Father God, cover and we lift up every prayer request unto you in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you. We praise you and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you once again for listening to another amazing word here at New Begin Cybership Ministries. We are hopeful that through this word and through this message that you have taken a couple nuggets away to be able to apply as you go throughout your week. If you're wanting to connect with us, you can visit our website at mbdmdsm.com. You can also link with us through our multiple social media outlets, whether that is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the like. Once again, we hope you have a blessed day, a powerful week, and a successful time with the Lord. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.